Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This really wasn't a part of my message, but I felt prompted uh, in my spirit to share a scripture with you before we begin. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You know, as you're turning there, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that God has set in the church apostles and prophets and evangelists, and here it is, pastors and teachers. And that's what I am. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. Now, I'm not just a motivational speaker, just so you know. I'm not a, a professional orator. Uh, I'm not what the world says a superstar. You know what I am? I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. And, and I care about you. I care about your soul. I care about your future. I care about your physical body. I care about your mind. I care about your spirit. I care about your children. I care about your teenagers. We've got a heart to build a supernatural church where every person gets ministered to. Not just to have a wonderful time or just to continue to nourish our little uh, nourish our little uh, hearts in the area of you know what it, uh, I'm not saying it right uh, we're not here to nurse your hurts <laughs> we're not here just to just to make you feel happy all the time right. you see what I'm saying yeah. I'm here to minister the word to you right. and as you notice uh, we use a lot of scripture here I almost read the Bible verse by verse to you. Because I, I, it's, not what my, it's not my opinion really about the Bible that counts. Right. It's what the Word says about your life that counts. And I can tell you this right now. You can find something about every part of your life in the Bible. There's no reason to fall. There's no reason to stumble. There's no reason to quit on God. There's no reason to, to just live in sin. There's no reason to go to hell. Because the Bible lays it all out. God's got a great life ahead of us. Amen. God's a good God. Say, God's a good God. I mean, God is so good. I mean, that's all he has to give us is good. And he's constantly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Word, and the power of the gifts of the Spirit, and the power of exhortation, always trying to get us to come up to a higher level. And that's really my goal. My goal is not to come here on a Sunday and tick you off. But you know something? It is the ministry of a pastor to preach a balanced, well-rounded message that will help you out spirit soul and body. Amen? So with that, look in 2 Timothy 3.16. Every scripture is God-breathed. Think about that. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. And listen to this. God's word is full of power, full of inspiration. And I said before, it's got lifting power. It's got revealing power. It's got adjusting power. It's got, it's got saving power, filling power. It's got revelation. I mean, it's, it's full of power. It's God's word. And, and inside that word, it's explosive. You get the word of God inside of you. Listen to me. You get the word of God on the inside of you. God says, you are going to grow. 
If you get the word on the, in the inside of you and you act on that word, it's like seed in the ground. When I go out and plant tomato seeds in the ground and I water it on good ground, it gets sunlight, it, gets, it grows tomatoes. It's the law of seed time and harvest. Can you say amen? Now, we can be bad ground. I can take seed and go in the middle of my driveway. It's hard rock and put the seed there and water it all day long. It's not going to produce a harvest. So we, we can't harden our hearts to the Word of God. We can't just like, oh, whatever, you know. We, we've got to have a heart to grow, amen? But God says if you take that seed and put it in the good soil of your heart and water it, you are going to grow, amen? And how many want to grow? I mean, you want to grow in the kingdom of God and produce not just fruit. The Bible says produce much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. And fruit that's going to remain, amen? Hallelujah. Second Timothy says all scripture is given is God-breathed in the Amplified, given by his inspiration. I'm going to go into the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. Profitable. Look at this. You say, is the Bible profitable? The Bible is profitable. Amen. It's profitable for what? Just to encourage, you know, and profitable for instruction. How many know we all need instruction? Almost everything we do in life, we need some instruction. Amen. And it's, uh, it, it's profitable, listen to this, for reproof. It's profitable, listen to me now, of conviction of sin. Here's where, here's where, and I'm just going to camp out here for a minute because I've got plenty of time, amen? And if not, we'll just come back on a Wednesday night and the Sunday and keep continue with it. So I'm not going to hurry through this because I want you to understand something. It is never my goal to, con to condemn you. God's not a condemning God. He is not a condemning God. How many know, parents, that your children many times have perceived you as a big, mean mama, daddy? You're just condemning me. No, we're not condemning you. We're just trying to explain to you that that's not right. If you do it this way, it'll be better for your life. How many parents have tried that at least? <laughs> Amen. And, you know, most parents I know really, truly love their children unless they're demon-possessed. You know, unless they're, you know, so far out in drugs, they don't know whether it's come here from second. Amen. So, Basically, most parents love their children. How many know God loves us? And I want you to know as a pastor, I love you. And it is my desire to see you grow, to prosper, to be healed, have a great family, stay married, amen. Reach out and win souls. Serve, use your motivational gift to bring increase in the kingdom of God. But let me tell you this, there are times in our life where we need to be reproved. We need to be corrected. That is not good times for some people. Because the Word of God, let me tell you this right now. I love every one of you, but I did not, I did not stay up all night long or part of the night and wake up early this morning. I didn't say, well, you know, I've got this message planned for Tom Godovan. <laughs> or this one here is for Bill. <laughs> no. I'm, I did not do that, just so you know. But let me, the, the Word has such power. Listen, the Word has such power. God's Word is so inspirational, so powerful, that you may receive a Word day that's just totally encouraging for your life. You may receive a Word sitting right next to her that's very convicting. Or it could be the other way around. Okay? You see what I'm saying? 
or it may reveal the very hidden secrets of your heart. How many know it has revealing power? So, you know, the Word is always working on, on different people because everybody is at a different stage of growth. Amen? So that, isn't that wonderful that the Word is so powerful? But, you know, there may be somebody sitting over here, and people have actually said that in my lifetime, a number of times, that you planned that sermon for me. I'm really offended over what you said about drinking. I've got 145 people here. Do you think I preached that one just for you? No. But let me tell you something right now. If you're smoking marijuana here today, and I'm preaching on it, it's not right to spit and chew and go with girls that do and drink and all that kind of stuff, and you say, oh, I just had one on the way to church. He must have seen me. He's preaching right at me. No, I'm not. But God loves you so much that he prompted me to teach on marijuana. <laughs> that it's not good for you. You start hallucinating. You're seeing things you shouldn't see. You think you're having visions, but it's not. <laughs> and there could be somebody here today that smoked a stick today. I don't know, a joint or whatever they call those things. <laughs> I mean, you may have had one today. There are Christians that drink and chew and go the girls that do. They, they, they run around. They do all these things. And then they come in here and hear me preach the masses like I'm wanting to encourage them. I'm wanting them to grow and be a part of this church. And they're offended. You see, I, I mean, there's people that cannot handle the power of the Word of God. And they become so convicted. I've actually had people, when I'm preaching, say, call them and say, I can't come to this church anymore because I am so uncomfortable sitting in your services. I I'm serious. And I say, why is that? Well, because I'm drinking and it really makes me uncomfortable. My pickup's loaded up with cases of beer. I just feel so uncomfortable coming here and hearing you preach. What can I say? Should I be a superstar? Nope. Should, I, should I just be here to only preach? Come on, it's okay. Grace covers everything. Smoke your marijuana. Go out with girls and, you know, cheat on your wife and do all these things. It's cool because grace covers it all. Listen, there is grace for people that make mistakes. I preach that. But grace only goes so far. I wouldn't want Jesus to come back tonight and some of you husbands that are married to your wife sitting next to you and you are living with somebody else. And you've been doing it for a while. How many know that's not good? Because you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to say, I didn't know. And he's going to say, oh yeah, you do. God, Pastor Dan told you that before in this sermon. Amen. How many still love me? How about over here? <laughs> I said all that to say this, that if something comes out and it, it convicts you, all that it is is the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and listen, the less I have to really stay in the Spirit and the less counsel that a pastor does, the easier it is to flow in the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? And I can flow in the Spirit knowing things, but the problem is you. Somewhere along the line, 
out of the people that are here, I'm going to touch on something that maybe has happened in your life. I'm going to believe that. You see what I'm saying? And you have to be mature enough to know that I love you so much that I would never publicly preach that just for you. How many, how many will, will receive that today? I'm, gonna, I'm telling you that to help you a little bit because somewhere along the line, the Spirit of God is going to speak to my heart and how many know I'm bold enough to say it? How many believe I'm not a respecter of people? I don't care what politician was in here, what doctor, what lawyer, what policeman was in here. I'm going to preach the Word and what the Word says. But I'm not going to do it to antagonize people. I'm not going to do it to hurt people. I'm really doing it to help people. Now, how many received that today? Amen? Look at this. The Word is profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin. Listen, the spirit of deception in the land today is so powerful that people get deceived and they begin in their mind to justify their sin and they begin to think and look around and so many other brothers are doing it that they justify it in their mind and then they begin to say, well, everybody does it. <laughs> Not me. Can you see, amen, how many know you are not doing all those things? How many smoked marijuana this morning on the way to church? Raise your hand. I see that hand. <laughs> oh, she, she was just doing that, okay. <laughs> how, many, how many here were down at the landing last night at Bar Louis and just had to be carried out? How many here? How many here? How many here in the back room of your house last night cooking meth? Let me see your hands out here. Huh? Listen, but there are probably some that are. But how many know that it wasn't me? So when we say everybody is doing it, be careful. Be careful now. Not all of us are. How many want to be counted in living right for God? All right. Oh, boy, we got past that. You still love me? Don't leave mad. <laughs> Those of you that are uh, on television, that was my son-in-law, and he's not mad at me. He just walked out right when I was preaching. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Look with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We weren't done there. Conviction of sin. Listen. For correction of error. How many know we have all erred in our ways at one time in our life? I mean, come on. You know, we got deceived. We, we, anybody can be deceived. It's just believing something that's not true, and you, you hook into it, and you, you're deceived for a while. Well, thank God for the power of the Word, amen. Thank God for pastors preaching powerful. Listen, how many have ever sat here before, <laughs> and you did something wrong? You said something wrong. You were ornery. You were gossiping something. And all of a sudden, I preached on something, and it really got down here. So, oh, how many ever felt like that? Amen, amen. It's happened to me before. I mean, I'm sitting there, you know, and maybe, maybe, I, maybe I rebuke my kids to, in, in a spirit of anger or whatever, and they're teaching on, that somebody, Joe McGee was teaching on love your kids or whatever. Man, oh, man, i got to be careful how I do that. How many have ever been there before? You, you know, we, we're all that way. How many are thankful the Word has that power to help make adjustment in your life? We all need adjustments. We all need to grow. We all need to change. Amen? We can't give up on each other. All right? We're still on the same scripture. 20 minutes later. All right. 
for correction. The word has power, correction to, uh, to correct us from error, discipline and obedience, and for training in right living. Here it says right in holy living, in conformity to God's will. Look at this. In thought and in purpose and in and in action. So God's going to deal with us with all these things. All right. Now we got back there. Let's look in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. We'll start the message. Okay. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. We're just kind of circling the airport. We've got a good place to land right now. I'm going to talk to you today about some things. Now listen, sometimes I'll give some points and, you know, and, and, and maybe the points themselves may not be relative to every problem you're going through, but really it helps us define and illuminate certain issues in our life. There may be one point of this message that really helps you out. So then you lock into that and say, I'm going to receive that today. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith. We've been justified. Just think about that. Just as if we'd never sinned. God just wiped out, blotted out our path. We've been justified. We, we have been, and it says, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have been justified. We thank you that we have been redeemed. We thank you that we have peace with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, today I thank you that the message will enlighten. Father, it will bring uh, clarity to our lives. It will bring encouragement and hope to our lives, Father. And we can continue to run our race and enjoy the peace of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right, let's go and look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. I want to talk to you today a little bit about some of the keys to living a life of peace. Amen. Living a life of peace where you're at peace with God, you have the peace of God, and you are at peace. You're, you're not in turmoil. You're not in anxiety. You, you, you're not condemned. You're, you're not wondering. You're not lacking assurance. You're not lacking confidence. But you, you have faith in God. You have trust in the Lord. You have peace in your life. I mean, no, it's pretty good. I don't know what could you give for that. You know, I've got the peace of God in my life. That, that's what we want. Amen? So I want to give you some of the keys to having that peace in your life. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. In the Amplified, it says, Do you not know... That your body is a temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. Listen to me now. You are not your own anymore. You are bought with a price. You were bought with a price. You were purchased. Listen to this. You were purchased. Number one, you've got to get to know who you are in Christ to know that great peace of God and have that peace that passes understanding. You've got to know who you are. So you were bought with a price. Purchased with a preciousness. Purchased with a preciousness and paid for. God's purchased you. You're not your own anymore. You've been paid for. Can you say amen? You don't belong to the devil anymore. You belong to God. He has purchased you with a preciousness, and now you are God's property. Can you say amen? 
We ought to have that on the back of our t-shirts when we're working. Glory to God. Doug, you could have the God's property. Amen. We belong to God. And paid for, made his own, made his own. So then, look at this. So then, being that's all happened, honor God. Honor God and bring glory to him. Look what it says here, in your body. Amen. How many know that we're walking on holy ground? We belong to God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We've been purchased with a preciousness. We've been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Now we're, put your shoulders back, an ambassador for the Lord. And now we're to represent him in this earth. We're to take care of our bodies. We're to be careful what we put in our minds. We're to be careful uh, 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 what we do with our hands and with our eyes and with our mouth. Amen? We belong to God. We're God's representatives now. We're, we're precious. We've been purchased with that preciousness. We're in the family of God. We don't belong to the devil anymore. Amen? Wow. My name's in the book of life. I've been justified. I've been sanctified. I've been made righteous. My sins have been forgiven. My name's written in the Lamb book of life. I have the name of Jesus. I'm covered by the blood, angelic protection. I'm on my way to heaven, shouting the victory. I've got the nature of God on the inside of me. I'm not like I used to be, amen? I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have become brand new. Boy, we ought to put our shoulders back and say, man, that's me he's talking about. Reminds me years ago uh, of John Osteen. He, you know, he just bought a car, you know, and he didn't really look at the owner's manual, and he put it in the glove department, and all of a sudden he was watching TV, and they were advertising his car. Oh, this has got a, this has got a rear view uh, mirror. It's got rear defrost. It's got all these things. That, the more he talked, the sadder he felt. Oh, I should have waited and got one of those. And went through the whole thing. And well, at the very end, it, it mentioned what car it was. He said, well, I've got one of those right out in the garage. Sometimes we have to find out what we really have. It's you we're talking about today. You're that new creature. You're that ambassador for God. Amen? You're the one that he purchased with his precious blood. You're the one that God poured his life into. Amen? You're the light of the world. Jesus said we're the light of the world. We're to walk as children of light. John chapter 15. Look at John chapter 15 with me. John chapter 15. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. Just think about all these words. And he, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. Boy, I tell you, as we grow, come on, as we grow as Christians, we get our eyes on Jesus and run our race. How many of those things just kind of like drop off our life? Come on, how many of those things drop off our life? We get closer to Jesus. You know, our priorities change. Our love for God grows deeper and richer. The things of God become more real. 
people's souls are, are more real and pretty soon things we used to, we can't do anymore, we don't want to do anymore, we shouldn't do anymore. Amen? He continues to, to groom us and prune us and, and we be, cooperate with God and agree with God and all of a sudden that process, that supernatural renewing of the mind and that transforming process brings us into a higher level and a higher road with God. Can you say amen? And the many of the things we used to do, we just cannot do anymore. Amen? And, uh, oh, glory to God, we could just go on right there. It's good anyhow, all right? Listen to this now. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I'll live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to me, the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. The Amplified Bible, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears what? Bears what? Much abundant fruit. Amen. Even that there, maybe the convicting the power of the Holy Spirit will work on you there and say, you know, I haven't really been doing anything for the Lord lately. Listen, there are so many things that we can do. Can you say amen? We can volunteer to ride the buses, volunteer to clean bathrooms, volunteer to help at church. So many areas that we can use our gifts and abilities for and bear fruit for his kingdom. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, listen, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do what? Nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown on the fire and they're burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words uh, remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. When you bear produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, you say, I'd like to glorify the Lord. Well, bear fruit. Amen. Start bearing little fruit. And as you begin to bear little fruit and be faithful there, God will help you grow much more fruit. Amen. And true followers of me, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instruction. Notice, continue to obey. Well, why would God say such a thing? Because once we're saved, we just automatically do everything that's right, right? We just automatically follow the Lord, come to church and pray, read the Bible, and do good works, right? No, we've got to stay in the Word, don't we? We've got to stay in fellowship with the saints. We can't pull off to ourselves to pull up the old Budweiser, to kick our feet back, watch football, and expect to grow. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'll just keep on going on here. All right? <laughs> this is my commandment that you love one another just as I loved you. No one has greater love. No one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. You are my friends. Wow, say I'm a friend of God. I mean, you've got to get to know who you are. You are a friend of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. It says, you are my friends. I, I do not call you servants, slaves, any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing or working out, but I have called you my friend. You ought to underline that in your Bible when you feel a little down. Say, wait a minute now. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm his friend, amen, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. I have revealed it to you and everything that I have learned from him. Now look at verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have appointed you, I have planted you, that you might go and what? Bear fruit, look at this, 
and keep on bearing fruit. Glory to God. This is what I command you, amen, that we walk in the love of God. So he loves us, amen. God loves us for God so loved. Look at it. Put your hand in your heart say, for God so loved me. Listen, verse 17 says he didn't come into the world to condemn you. Amen. He didn't come in to condemn you. He came to give us life. Everlasting life. He came to give us the abundant life. So you and I have to get to know who we really are. Just write this down. 1 John 2.12 says we're forgiven. Know that. Colossians 1.14 said that redemption, your right standing today, came through the blood of Jesus Christ. And listen, no man on the face of the earth comes to the Father in heaven except through the Son. He is the mediator between lost, sighing, dying, hurting humanity and a loving God. Jesus went to the cross, bridged the gap. I mean, that's pretty cool. He loved us so much, he's not going to let us go to hell. He gives us an opportunity to go to heaven and receive his grace. 1 John 5, 11 to 13 talks about that we have, we have now, everlasting life. You say, I don't have much. Yes, you do. You say, I don't have anything. Yes, you do. You have everlasting life. Amen? You have everlasting life. You're going to go to heaven. Amen? So it all starts out in our life by knowing we're right with God. Take a deep breath. Let it go. Say, oh, I have peace with God. How I many know oh, you, you get that one down, the rest will all work out? Man, you got peace with God. You're going to heaven. Now look with me in Romans chapter 12. Number two. You and I, to have this peace in our life, we've got to know who we are in Christ. We've got to know who we are. Number two, we've got to know what the world really is. We have to know what the world really is. Romans chapter 12. Because we have to make sure that, you know, when we talk about the love of God, we've got to make sure we don't love the world more than we love God. How many know that? There's no way we can be love the world that we're going to have the peace of God. But if we love God, we're going to have the peace of God and we can be in this world. How many know there's a big difference? We're in this world. Come on. How many know you're in this world? I mean, you're here. But how many know we're not of this world? We're not of this world. So how many know we should place an importance on where we are heading? We should make investments in our heavenly bank account. Because that's where we're going to be forever and ever and ever. Amen? Don't invest everything, all your affection and all your love and all your money here on this earth. Because when we are caught up to be with the Lord, none of that matters. Amen? Only what's done for Christ will truly last. That's a good saying, isn't it? Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, and I, say, I, I beseech you, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and look at the King James says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now, not, notice what this is. Under, underline that. Which is your, underline that, which is your reasonable service. How many know your mama and your daddy and your pastor cannot do that for you? We're all responsible, amen? We're all responsible. Don't be conformed. Look at verse 2. And do not be conformed to this, what? World. But be transformed. 
be transformed instead of conforming by the renewing of your mind that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now I'll just quote this in John 8, 31 and 32. says, if you continue in my word and continue in my word, you, here is a process. How I many are renewing the mind? Being trans- it's a process. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a progressive thing, growth. It doesn't happen overnight. Some things you can only learn by being and associating with faith believers. Amen? And, uh, but it's through a process of time. But if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Look in 1 John chapter 2. We've got to know what the world is. Well, let me tell you this right now. In fact, go to 2 Corinthians 2.11 first of all. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul said here that we uh, shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And the, the Amplified says to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, for we're not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. How many know that uh, we have to be able to clearly define as Christians what is right and what is wrong? Amen. How are we going to do that? By the Word. Amen. By getting into the Word, renewing our mind, and discovering what is right and what is wrong. Because how many know in John 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. So that's his intention. Steal, kill, and destroy. But how many of Jesus come to give you life? And life more what? Abundantly. Now look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We're talking about we've got to know what the world is. We, we have to understand that God, Jesus doesn't want us to be hooked up into the world in the sense that our affections are there. Here's it in verse 15. Verse 15 in the Amplified Bible in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 said, Do not love, do not love. Now this is coming from the word. Do not love or cherish the world. Why would that be? How many are thankful for the United States of America? I'm, I'm thankful for the United States of America, amen? And we're thankful for our country, you know. We're thankful for our freedom here. But he's talking about a different thing. We're talking about, we're talking about the, the, the spirit that's in the world today. So do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, listen to this. If anyone loves the world, that's why I said we're going to have the peace of God. We've got to make sure we're not loving this world more than we love the things of God. Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, look at this. If anyone loves the world, look at this. Love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification. Listen, how many enjoy going boating and fishing and hunting and camping? I mean, how many enjoy those type of things? Raise your hand. Come on. Some of it. Raise your hand. How many enjoy doing things out in this world? But let me ask you this, which I think is a good question. How many love that more than God? Nobody's going to raise their hand. Raise your hand if you love the world and everything in it more than God. No. How many know we have to keep that in the right perspective? So if you love God, you know, then we're, gonna, we're not going to compromise our, our walk with the Lord so we can be on the lake fishing every Sunday morning. 
on the open road in our motorhome every Sunday morning. Amen? Doing all that. But how many know that once we go to church and serve the Lord, it's okay to go golfing? Amen? It's okay to do those things, but we all keep it in the right. We love God more than anything in this world. Amen? It goes on to say here what, about the world now. For all that's in the world, what's in the world? What's in the world that God doesn't want us to have? Look at this. The lust of the flesh. Craving for sensual gratification. The lust of the eyes. Greedy longings of the mind. The pride of life. These are the, all things that God is saying that, that we won't have peace if we get in, involved in these things. Amen? How many know that people get into the internet and are on hardcore pornography will not sleep good tonight? I'm talking about the Christians. I'm talking about the born-again spiritual Christians that love the Lord. Amen? And they get over into that. How many know we won't have a lot of peace in our life when we're living in sin? Thank you for your enthusiasm. How many know we won't have a lot of peace in our life if we are into those things of the world, the lust of the flesh, self-gratification, and chasing after the things of the world? There won't be a lot of peace there with God at least. Amen? And it says here, look at this. Cravings for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longs of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources. I don't need God. I've heard Christians say, well, I don't need God. Listen, you do need God. You need God. Huh. I need God. We all need God. We need God's help. I mean, no, you need God's help. I don't care how smart we are. We need God's help. We've got to make sure we always keep that right. The creation is not smarter than the creator. Can you look when God say, yes, sir? Amen. God is smarter than we are, and we've got to make sure we keep that in the right order. It says, assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. Now look at what it's here, kind of the big picture Jesus said, and the world passes away and disappears. And with it, the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But look at the bottom here. But he who does the will of God, what? And carries out his purposes in life, abides and remains forever. Give the Lord a hand. Isn't that good? Amen. Glory to God. Remains forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. All right, let's, number three. You and I, to have the peace in our life, we've got to know what our assignment is. Look in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. We need to know what our assignment is. When you, when you know what you're called to do, it makes all the difference in the world in your passion level. 1 John chapter 12, verse 18. Let's first start with this one right here. It says this. In the King James, but now God has set the members, every one of them, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Verse 22, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Listen, every one of you, everybody look up here, every one of you are necessary to God. Every one of you are important to God. God, he, he, I mean, if it was only 10 people on the face of the earth that needed to be redeemed, he would have come. And if you were the one of the 10, you would have been one of the ones. Amen? You are necessary. God shed his blood for every person. He's no respecter of people. If you in your mind today don't think you're very important to the kingdom of God, you need to renew your mind. You've got to have an adjustment because you are important. Is Sam important? 
Tom Godovin important? Jessica important? Pastor Joan important? Matthew? Jess, I, I, all the way down, I go right every person. You are important to God. You're necessary. Amen? And when we know we're necessary, then God has assigned us to something special on this earth. That's where the motivation, that's where the passion level begins. Amen? We want to please our God, don't we? We want to please the Lord. So we have to discover what that gift, look in 1 Peter 4.10 in the Amplified. So we have to discover where we fit in the body. Do the will of God. Discover that giftedness and then employ it. And it's not hard once you start volunteering and getting involved. All of a sudden, you, it begins to surface on the inside of you. When, uh, Cap, when you were at our house last night, stopped over, she said, Pastor, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to be involved with the media department and get the church on a podcast. Well, I don't even know what a podcast is. It's something on television or radio or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't do it. I don't even have an iPod. But, you know, I'm getting to learn those things more. I'm actually texting really good now and all that. But I don't know how to do that, but they do. Are they important? It's awesome. You've got a gift. They've got a gift. Some sing, some preach, some exhort, some serve. We're all important to the kingdom of God. But we have to find where we're gifted you know, don't try to be the pastor here. I'm the pastor. Don't try to be the sound man. Don't try to be the lead singer. Find out what God has called you to, what your gift is, what your motivational gift is, what you like to do, and start to say, I don't know what to do. I don't have any idea. Then come up to us, and we'll just put you somewhere. Amen? You can just start serving anywhere. Does it make a difference if it's for the Lord? Yesterday, we had people down doing, doing the playground there, getting all those 2x12s in there in the hot sun, putting the screws in the boards and cutting. Jeff was cutting and others were. That was necessary to do that. There are teachers that are down there teaching our children tomorrow morning. I'm very thankful for our Christian school teachers. There are those that come and bring food, those that serve, those that help. It's all good. Just do something. Because the Lord will look at you and say, I'm glad you did something. <laughs> Amen with what I've given you. Amen. All right, 1 Peter 4.10. And it says out here, as each of you, look at the one next to you and say, that means you. As each of you has, look at this, not gonna, he has received a gift. Listen to me now. Fred Price says that the fruit of the Spirit Every one of us, when we were saved, when we were saved, come in the kingdom of God, were born again, God planted all these seeds in your spirit. Wow, there are seeds on the inside of you that can develop into greatness. If you take that word, believe it in your heart, and begin watering that seed, it could turn into something great. Can you say amen? You've got the seed of greatness on the inside of you. How many believe that some of these young people are do something great for God? All of you can do something great. It doesn't make a difference how young or how old you are. Amen. Harry said to me this morning, Pastor, he asked me, how much is left on, he had a concern, how much is left? That family helped us cover the expenses on the railings. I've never said to say nothing, maybe don't want to, but nevertheless, they helped. They want to know how was, they have a gift of helping give and do what they can do. I didn't say that to make you mad. Because they're nice people. <laughs> Keep smiling. <laughs> but I, I came out of me because you know something? You did your part. Others will do their part. Others in here have given gifts. 
But yet, if you come to church like, what can I do to advance the kingdom? What can I do to serve? Who needs encouraging here? Let me see. Who needs encouragement? Hi, Bruce, Carter. Who, who needs encouraging today? Do you need encouraging today? If I took the time to come over and say, Brittany, how many respect this young couple being in church? They just got married. Man, I mean, Matt and Brittany are here in the nursery. Aren't you glad they had a nursery worker this morning? Think about all the gifts that God has put within us, and some of them are serving all over this place today. Some are in the floor, some are in the parking lot, some are greeting, some are ushering, some are cleaning, some are orchestrating, some are teaching, some are exhorting, some are holding, some are puppeting, whatever it is. Does it make a difference if somebody gets saved or turned on to the Lord? It's all good. But every one of us have been gifted if we'll just go ahead and put it to use. Look at this. Look at verse 8 again. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. We're going to close on this today because I'm not going to get the other points in today. Above all, have intent. Look at this. You and I, unfailing love for one another. Look at this now. Is there anything that could happen in this body? Look at me. We're going to close early today, if you'll listen. Is there anything that could happen in this church that love couldn't cover? I'm not talking about genuine love of God. Is there anything that could happen? Charlie, if I didn't say hi to you today, if I if somehow didn't notice you, would you go home offended? Why? Because he walks in love. Isn't it good to grow? Come on, isn't it good to grow? Amen. But if we walk in love, love covers, come on, love covers blunders, love covers mistakes, love covers sin, love covers people that fall away and come back, amen, love covers. If we just get into the love of God, can you say amen? It says here, practice, okay, it covers a multitude of sins, forgives, disregard, look at that, disregards the offenses of others, don't pick up on offense. And sit and rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it. Go ahead and let go of that thing. Curse it, disperse it, and God will reverse it. Can you say amen? Go ahead and let those things go. Don't harbor those things. Practice hospitality to one another. Those of the household of faith. Be hospitable. Be lovers of strangers with brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way who are of Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly cordially, graciously, without complaining, but as representing Him. How many are going to represent the Lord well if you're ushering, you're greeting, you're driving the bus, you're serving, you're vacuuming? If you will go ahead and sow whatever you do serving, whatever you do for the Lord, I'm, I'm serious, with a good attitude, and consider it seed, consider it serving the Lord, God will turn things around for you. God will never overlook your gracious serving. It'll always turn around for your favor. If you bless people, God will help people bless you. Amen? You can serve and help. Each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent. A gracious, look at this. I love this. A gracious divine endowment. Wow, look at the one behind you and say, man, you've been endowed. Think about that. You have being endowed. You have a special gift. God has anointed you. You are special to him. A gracious divine endowment. And here's what he says not to do with this gift. I'll just sit on it. Just, just go ahead and put it in the can. Sit on the can. Don't ever do anything. Just kind of watch everybody else. 
Just say, yeah, brother, that needs to be fixed over there. Yes, brother, that needs to be painted over there. Brother, I've had people point out so many things to me over my lifetime that needs to be done. And I say to them, you know, the Lord seems to me is impressing you that should be done. Just I give you permission to go ahead and do that. It's amazing how many people want to assign tasks around here to the pastor. Pastor, the needs we need to be pulled. Pastor, the, this needs to be. Pastor, this is over here. They just want me running everywhere. But you know something? I can't be everywhere. <laughs> Can you say amen? And you know, this fence over here, Joe, has got to be painted and primed yet this year. You know that. Amen? You going to do it? There it is right there. I don't have to do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Bless us. Gracious divine endowment. Employ it. Look at this. Employ it for one another as befits good trustees. Say I'm a good trustee. You say, I didn't know I was a trustee in this church. Well, you are now. Yeah. You're a good trustee in this church. You got a special endowment from God, a special gift, a seed of greatness planted on the inside of you. And it says right here, of God's many-sided grace. Faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful steward. Say I'm a faithful steward. Of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Woo, glory to God forevermore. Peace comes from knowing the Lord. Amen. Knowing that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Knowing that each one of us, three points today, have an assignment from God. You know something right now? I, I guarantee what? I cannot do what my daughter Jessica does. I'm not a youth pastor. I like youth though. Hey, I like you guys. I'd probably be too hard on them. You know? I wouldn't be a good youth pastor. I'd probably be a military guy, you know. But they've got the gracious endowment from God to do it. Mark, you've done youth work before, you know. It takes, it takes man, it takes being flexible. It takes having that, you know, that, and, and, and Paul back there where we are, and, and uh, all the rest of the youth workers, Scott and Sue are out in Ohio today. But you know something? You've got the gift. Say, I've got it. Now, some of you are gifted to sing, and God expects you to sing. God has gifted some of you to serve, and he expects you to serve. Amen? Every one of us are responsible to use that gift. Let's close our eyes. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Put your hand in your heart and say, Lord, I yield myself to you. Great Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. To be pleasing to you, I recognize this divine endowment this gift to speak well, to serve, to give, to encourage, to exhort, to be plugged in and prosper. Thank you, Father, for this divine gift. I'm going to do everything I can to advance the kingdom. I will walk in love. I'll believe the best about others. And I will overlook the faults of others. I'm going to grow and develop these seeds of greatness for his kingdom. Thank you for the peace.